0: I have a friend who is a retired priest, and he loves to tell the story of his first Pentecost as a rector. He wanted to illustrate the drama of that rush of violent wind that filled the entire house where the disciples and others were waiting and sitting. To accomplish this, he rented an enormous industrial fan and positioned it in the choir loft. It was aimed right down at the congregation. At just the right moment in his sermon, when he had built to a crescendo of Holy Spirit vigor, a helper turned on the fan. It was dramatic, all right. Hats flew off women's heads. Bulletins scattered all over the place. People shrieked and grabbed for their belongings. It was terrifying. It was chaos. He likes to say that he has since always gone with the still, small voice version of God's spiritual manifestation. But I actually think he was on to something with the giant fan. I think that illustration was exactly right. It was disruptive. It was attention-getting. And it could not be ignored. The followers of Jesus men and women as described by the writer of acts were shaken from their anxious waiting by that wind like a rush of violent wind accompanied by tongues as of fire which rested on each of them they received the gift of the holy spirit this disturbance was so great that it drew the attention of Jews from every nation who were living in Jerusalem. And one of the distinct benefits of preaching today is that I did not have to pronounce all of the nationalities listed in the reading, as Broderick did. Let's simply say they were Jews from throughout the Mediterranean world and beyond. This wind... These tongues of fire, the gift of the Spirit, empowered the disciples to speak the languages of all who were gathered. God did not deliver a spirit that miraculously caused everyone to speak and understand the same language. God gifted a spirit that embraced difference and united people across cultures. God meets people where they are in ways they can understand. God's spirit of this dramatic and disruptive way is a reminder to us that difference was not the problem then and is not the problem now. The many ways we each show prejudice to difference in our hearts, in our words, and in our actions, has always been the problem. Peter then stands to address the question from the crowd, what does this mean? Many say that this is the first sermon in the church, Peter standing, citing scripture to explain an act of God not as charitably. Some also say this is clearly the first sermon because Peter's preaching about the event takes at least three times longer than the event. This Peter, this recently Jesus-denying, impulsive Peter, stands before the people empowered by the Holy Spirit, and delivers a prophetic sermon. Recalling Joel, he speaks of the gift of the Spirit to sons and daughters, men and women, and that everyone, everyone, who calls on the name of the Lord in any language shall be saved. In receiving the Holy Spirit, If one can transcend differences, and it can make a prophetic preacher out of Peter, what can't it do? This gift of the Holy Spirit, this day of Pentecost, is called by many the church's birthday. It is, indeed, the inauguration of the ability of Jesus' disciples to go out and preach and teach and heal and baptize. It is the day that everything about being a follower of Jesus changed. Pentecost is about reimagining what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We are living Pentecost, my friends. Jesus' disciples were no longer able to be with him physically. Neither are we able to gather with each other physically. Jesus' disciples were scattered to create church in new ways. I'll tell you, seminary never prepared me to be a televangelist, and I'm guessing most of you never imagined sitting in your homes watching church on a Sunday either. We are most certainly scattered we find ourselves asking many of the same questions those early disciples asked themselves. So how are we, the church, in this new reality? What is our identity? How do we go forward when everything seems to have changed? Just as this year's Lenten season called us to live Lent in ways we had never imagined. Pentecost 2020 is forcing us to sit up, pay attention, and reimagine. Like a rush of violent wind accompanied by tongues as of fire, which rested on each of the disciples. Like the industrial fan my friend used to blast his congregation, how is the Holy Spirit blowing through our time and space? Pentecost is about reimagining church, a new way of being church. God was no longer embodied in the way the disciples knew. The body of Christ is no longer for a season gathered in a building. So empowered by the Holy Spirit, embracing difference and change, scattered, learning new ways, how are we being called to be the church? Be well, my friends. I miss you.